Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Matthew. I work in TV development. And until now, I have never watched Survivor. And I'm David, and I've been covering Survivor since season one, over 23 years ago. Usually this podcast is dedicated to the traitors, but David and I have joined forces to take a detour and cover the new season of Survivor UK. Each week, we are going to give you a new twist on covering Survivor by not just recapping the two episodes, but looking at both of them from our two very different points of view. So whether you're new to Survivor, like me, or a veteran of watching many seasons, we'll have you covered. So for those of you who may not already know me, I initially wrote about Survivor online way, way, way at the beginning. Uh, expanded into newspaper columns, had my own reality TV websites for about a decade, and I'm probably most well known for having written up a set of rules to help people play and win Survivor. These rules have been printed out and snuck to Survivor seasons for pregame studying by a number of different players. So in the U.S., at least the players uh, sometimes will review these and you know, do their best to play according to these. And then each week. Uh, back when I had my websites, I would write a column about why the player lost, ending, of course, the season with why someone won. A few years after my websites went down, those particular columns were reborn into a podcast on the Rob Has a Podcast Network, and I've now done those for over eight years for U.S. Survivor. In addition, I have been doing one to two minute mini Why Blank Lost videos for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram for several seasons of International Survivor. And I'll be doing them again this season, too. But that's not what we're doing here. We're looking at it from these two very different points of view. And we we start off right away as we we roll into, uh, you know, Survivor UK and. As I watched it, just 
the intro of it was geared towards well, people like you, Matthew, I felt, you know, people who didn't maybe, you know, really know the game, but knew a little bit like like, you know, they had to explain how if you lose the immunity challenge, you will. The tribe will have to go sacrifice one of their players. And so I was you know, wondering what your thoughts are on on that part of the intro anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of I knew what I was in for roughly. I still didn't understand all of the mechanics of the game but i had a pretty good impression of what what i was headed for this survivor reminds me of another couple of tv shows actually here in the uk it reminds me of a show called shipwrecked i don't know if there is a us version of this um shipwrecked uh was a reality show and it's exactly what it sounds like uh, a bunch of generally 20 year olds on an island uh and it, it, funnily enough, I, I looked it up to check it out. Started the same time as the original Survivor on UK TV, so it was like 2000, 2001. Lasted a few years, and it was pure reality. There was there were no there was no strategy, there was no gameplay. It was just observing a bunch of young, attractive people on an island <laughs> <laughs> with with nothing but uh, coconuts and matches. It then returned in 2006 and it was sort of renamed Shipwrecked Battle of the Islands. And that was very much like, from my memory, what Survivor is. In today's US Survivor, you know, we're 45 seasons in. Most of the people there are fans, but not all of them. Yeah. And so, yes, you will still get people who come on and they're like, I want to change the game and play with honesty, loyalty, and integrity. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's a different game and you're going to lose. So, uh, you know, I could definitely see some of the people in this season coming in and, you know, I'll just jump ahead. I think that uh, uh, Sabrina is probably one of them. She, I think, viewed this as more of a physical game. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she has viewed. But the thing is also that people who just watch. So this is a this is this is really inside baseball here. Uh, <laughs> do you even know what that phrase means? I used it once before. Um, <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> OK, uh, so it's it's you know really in the weeds here that, you know, there are debates between what a fan is, what a super fan is, what a super duper fan is. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, a fan might just be someone who watched every season and has seen every episode. But if they haven't listened to podcasts, if they haven't read blogs, if they haven't you know, done those things, they only know what they see on TV. And maybe they don't get, you know, quite get everything. And then you've got the super fans who go beyond that. And then the super duper fans are the ones that are really, you know, they're on Reddit every day. They're on Twitter. <laughs> they're reading every interview and, and you know, like I said, sneaking my rules into the game. And so it's this very different sets of things. And especially now, as we're getting what, what I've been calling the pandemic viewers. So when there was no TV on and all of U.S. Survivor was available for streaming, Lots of people just sat down and watched 40 seasons yeah. and they thought that, oh, my gosh, now I'm a super fan, which some of them were. Some of them got it. Some of them just went according to what they saw. And 
in doing it such a short time frame is not enough to truly absorb the game. And so, you know, I, I only go into this kind of uh, uh, tangent here because I, I think that we will see that along the way here that, you know, some people will really be the super fans and some were like, oh, it's a physical competition. Cool. <laughs> Do the super duper fans go to conventions and dress up as their favorite characters? <laughs> they will be this week. Yes. <laughs> I was uh, kidding. <laughs> uh, the the other network that I podcast for, Rob has a podcast. They have live shows where they do wow. uh, live. You know, they have uh, uh, former contestants on stage to help analyze the the game. And, and lots of people come. Um, you know, I laugh now. I cut to twelve months from now. It'll yeah. be me yeah, dressed exactly. up as Sabrina yeah. <laughs> in the audience. <laughs> um, and so yeah, they fill you know comedy clubs or movie theaters or whatever. And uh, so I went to a number of these, you know, uh, pre-pandemic also, and you know, met a lot of uh, Survivor players. And uh, I mean, I. Also, you know, dating back years and years, I went to some of the finales when they used to be televised. I snuck into finale uh, post parties. Uh, so, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I, you know, the reason they're dressing up this time is because it's Halloween. They're, they're having a costume party. So normally you don't really see them dressing up. But, you know, okay. you ask that question, and it was just perfectly placed for, you know, the Halloween episodes of this. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, so, yeah, that's that will be in Los Angeles for uh, anyone who happens to be out there. But you need tickets, you know. So uh, now you mentioned the Australia Survivor influence on this, and I can definitely see it. The intro packages that they have where suddenly, you know, they're they're interviewing someone and suddenly we cut to them in their everyday life. That is very much Australian Survivor. OK, Um some other things like the early challenges emphasizing pure strength. Mm -hmm. That is also very Australian Survivor. Now, lately in U.S. Survivor, you've needed a lot of strength as well, but not to the extent of literally standing there and holding weights, you know, mm -hmm. and, until you drop. So uh, so that is very, like I said, very Australian Survivor also. And, uh, you know, there were just other things that I saw as we went in. Now, one thing that was very U.S. Survivor originally was Joel's intro. And I liked it. This was, you know, it, it these words would send chills down my spine at the beginning of every season. And so Joel still said it. He goes, 34 days, 18 people, one survivor. <laughs> and it upset me quite a bit when uh, Jeff Probst stopped saying that when they dropped from 39 days to 26 days. Oh. Uh, so uh, so I was very happy that, uh, you know, Joel put that in there. Now, 34 days is an interesting length because, like I said, U.S. Survivor used to be 39, then dropped to 26 uh, the first season after their COVID gap year. And now it seems like they're sticking with it. They're just, you know, they're, they're not going back to 39 anytime soon, if ever. Meanwhile, Australia goes longer, like in the most recent seasons, between 47 and 50 days. Uh, so... And in Australia, do they because of the country it is, do they film in Australia? I mean, I'm guessing US, they fly off to some tropical place. 
in U.S., they used to fly off all over the place. And the seasons used to be named either according to their location or according to some sort of theme. Like there was David's versus Goliath's, you know, as as a theme. Uh, and but otherwise, it used to be, you know, there was uh, Survivor Borneo, Survivor Thailand, Survivor Africa. And now they've laid down roots in Fiji. Uh, okay. The Fiji government apparently, you know, gives them some good tax breaks and they've worked, you know, they they have a, a thriving community there of employees, staff. And so they, you know, they don't show any signs of leaving. So now they just number them. We are on Survivor 45, which makes <laughs> it really hard to keep track of in your mind. It's like, wait, was it 41 or 42 or? Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> But what are you going to do? That's what they're doing. I mean, that's, you know, Big Brother has all in the U.S. anyway, has always been numbered. You know, we're on Big Brother 25. So, yeah. Uh, so I guess Survivor just you know, decided to go the same way. And so, yes, it, you know, obviously Fiji, a very uh, tropical location. Australia, to get back to yours, used to go all over um, during the, you know, worst of COVID years when they were filming. They just went to the Australian Outback or someplace yeah, yeah. there, you know, which people got were, lots of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Survivor South Africa did something similar. They just you know went away from the cities. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the U.S., I would say, has certain spots like that. We, I mean, we don't have jungle per se uh, that, that I can think. Of. I mean, I guess if you go to the Florida Everglades, but. Uh, Hawaii. But, Hawaii and jungles is that a thing? Well, yes, but I, I meant mainland. Sorry, <laughs> uh, and so, uh, but Survivor and CBS just didn't want to do it, probably in large part because all their equipment was in Fiji, and yeah. so you know they they just they just took a year off basically. Um, so you know, as far as the reason for the length, I suspect it's just because you have fewer viewers in Australia than in the U S and therefore you need to lengthen the time to make it, you know, balance out monetarily. Uh, plus they are like three episodes a week in Australia. So, um, and they're long episodes too. Yeah. I also noticed that the winner of survivor UK only gets a hundred thousand pounds. Whereas, how much do you? How much is it in uh, U.S.? A million oh. dollars. Not wow. Pounds, obviously, um, now it's been a million since the very beginning. So, someone who wins a million dollars now is not winning the same amount of money uh, comparatively as someone who won it twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, the well, only something. Uh, sorry, on you go. Oh, I was going to say it was uh, in in. Survivor winners at war, which was Survivor 40. It was an all-winner season. That was two million. Other than that, it's always been a million. I think in the UK, as long as Survivor remains on BBC, if it remains, mm -hmm. the prize fund will probably never go much beyond this. Uh, and you probably know a little bit about this. BBC are fairly conservative with... <laughs> 
prize funds. Uh, some, most game shows on BBC don't give away large amounts of money. Some game shows and quiz shows and competition shows don't give away anything on BBC because it's funded by sort of public money. They they will never give away a million pounds. Even even a hundred thousand pounds for BBC is quite a big deal. Um, in fact, the, the and the traitors had a big prize fund too, but that was also unusual for BBC and. Part of the reason the traitors was able to give away so much is because it was a co-production with NBC, mm. so it was sort of funded partly from somewhere else. But right. yeah, uh, BBC not not hugely into giving away taxpayers' <laughs> money <laughs> um, for competitions like this. I mean, if you can get the viewers, and you know, for a hundred thousand, why spend nine hundred thousand? You know, if you can get the viewers and the players. I mean, Survivor South Africa was, uh, I mean, I think I did, and, and don't 100% quote me on this, anyone. I think I did the math, and it was like a prize of like 30, the equivalent of like $35,000 yeah. US, something like that. I know that Traders New Zealand was like $35,000 US, yeah. so I may be confusing the two there, but it was not, you know, nearly what, you know, we're used to, I'm used to in the US. Um, Now, We've talked about all of that, and we're like 15 minutes into this podcast, and we even haven't started <laughs> talking about the episode. Uh, I, I I do want to say, you know, Joel was right when he when he introduced. He said you could be young or old, small or muscular, and you know, some people look at it and say, well, it's a game that involves physical challenges. But the thing is, it's mostly about the strategic and social games, and I think we'll we'll see that in. Well, both of the eliminations uh, this week, uh, the tribes are Calaton, which is in orange, and La Nena, which is blue. And, you know, to open on the on the boat there, Joel talks to a few of them. Um, and then we have the marooning. Now, it's funny because when we were preparing for this podcast uh, before we you know, watched anything, I mentioned that I had seen a preview of the marooning on social media. And your response was the what? <laughs> yeah. What's a marooning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a what? Yeah. Uh, and so that's when, yeah, they just have to get as many supplies off the boat onto their raft and then race to the beach. And in this case, light a big fire to burn through a rope holding a crate of supplies. And of course, the first. Uh, tribe to do it won those supplies plus flint plus what they got from the boat and the other doesn't even get the stuff that they got from the boat and in fact we later find out that the winner gets the contents of what the other tribe got from the boat too so it's funny because you know there were a couple times people were fighting over stuff and in the end it didn't matter as long yeah. as that <laughs> stuff got onto some raft it, it, you know the winner was going to get it yeah um, I, I had a few observations at this marooning challenge. Um, number one, every time Joel says Calaton, I think he's saying Peloton. So yeah. I was very confused. I thought there was some sort of sponsorship deal I didn't know about. Uh, also, how did he get to shore so fast? What you know, they're on the boat, they all dive off on these rafts, they re they reach shore, and Joel's just standing there. I thought this has ruined the illusion for me. Uh, he at one point said, "Oh, I've got to go over." Over there too i thought he was going to jump in and swim with them <laughs> for a minute but he 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 you know must have had a motorboat off to the side and he just you know while they're over there struggling and rowing he's he's off in his little motorboat getting to the beach so yes 
uh, and maybe I mean this might be a, a point for international listeners just to mention a little bit about Joel who is Joel mm-hmm. Domit why is he presenting the show so Joel is a pretty I, I would say a household name at this point in the UK most famous probably right now for for being the host of the masked singer big primetime show here on weekends uh Joel used to actually be an actor and he did stand-up comedy I saw Joel Domit about 10 years ago doing stand-up for free at the Edinburgh Fringe in a small room Uh, and at that point I kind of had seen him on TV I didn't really know anything about him Uh, but Joel sort of uh, his his career was catapulted maybe five years ago he was on uh, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here as a contestant and he was the runner-up he came in second place uh, but was so popular that from there he just ended up landing lots of TV presenting gigs and is now this hugely famous name. You know, you can see the comedian in him. I mean, yeah. Jeff Probst would never stand there eating a banana while these <laughs> people are running around, you know, or or later, you know, or joking about tetanus or uh, you know, later making a bunch of puns and things like that. You know, Normally, the the uh, host announces what's going on, much like he did. But they and, and, you know, they will put some opinion in there like you have to dig faster. You're falling way behind, you know, <laughs> or they'll yell at them, you know. And but yeah, not a whole lot of like punning going on uh, typically. Yeah. So he definitely brings that change. Yeah. Uh, Again, I, I also noticed during this marooning challenge, that yeah, the the players generally seem to really know the game. Um, like they understand how important everything is more than I did. So when when uh, Calaton lose, uh, I actually felt quite sorry for them. <laughs> uh, and, and Joel throws the lighter to the other team, and he says it's the most important thing in Survivor. And Sabrina is going wild. And I, I know it's it's probably very obvious, but I had just written, David, why is fire the most important thing in Survivor? <laughs> <laughs> well, fire is life in Survivor. Um, I mean, it used to be that you literally couldn't drink until you got fire because the, the water was not drinkable. You had oh, to yeah, boil yeah, your water. Now, lately, you know, U.S. Survivor hasn't specifically said anything, but one tribe went without fire for way more than they could have <laughs> gone without water. So I I think that they now have a, a drinkable water source. Yeah, um, they must. But like you can't I mean, you've got raw rice and beans. You know, you need to cook those. You can't cook them without fire. Uh, yeah. You can't. You know, if you if you happen to, you know, catch fish or something else, you can't, you know, like I said, you can't cook it. Plus, on a beach. Now, I don't know how it is in the Dominican Republic, but on Fiji, you think it's Fiji. It's tropical. It's hot. Uh, No, not all the time on the beach at night. They get cold and especially during the rainy season, they are cold and they are wet and they never dry out. And so another reason you really need fire. Yeah, I, I I mean, as the episode went on, it became mm-hmm. clear to me. I thought, oh, they really have nothing. <laughs> like they, yeah. you know, as uh, as it goes on, Joel says things like, 
Team Carlton have gone two days without food. Mm -hmm. And I thought, is this real? Are they exaggerating? Like, is this, oh, is this why it's called Survivor? Do people just, <laughs> do people just die on this show? Like, has anyone ever died on Survivor? <laughs> uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, people okay. have gotten medically evacuated uh, for, you know, usually it's a dehydration. Other people have injured themselves, you know, hit their heads fell off okay. a rock that they were climbing, uh, you know, just or even just fell down on the beach and dislocated yeah. their shoulder. Um, okay. it, you know, some of these things are, you know, as you'll see in, you know, if they get to bigger challenges. I mean, there's already an injury. I mean, Ashley is already yeah. injured, as we find out. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, the U the current U.S. version had two people quit already. OK, now there hadn't been anybody quit in a long time. And these two, one of them was a pandemic fan, and I don't think she ever really quite understood. The other has admitted that he made a mistake by quitting. He did something in the moment. And, you know, I, I talked about these things extensively uh, elsewhere. But, yeah, there are people. I mean, you know, that was both of them were on the tribe that had no fire, no food for a long time. Yeah. It's funny you talk about quitting. That I somewhere in my notes is I've I've made a note of the point where I would have quit. I'll yeah. tell you when we get to it. Okay. <laughs> now you called uh, what what he tossed to uh, Lanena uh, a lighter. Oh, I just assumed that's what I couldn't really see what it was. No, I think it was just flint. Oh, I think it's okay. uh, flint. Now it looked better than the flint that U.S. Survivor gets, and I will say that as soon as they got that flint. They had fires started, whereas on on U.S. Survivor, if you don't even people who have practiced with the Flint sometimes go eight, 10 hours and still can't get a fire started. Now, sometimes it's because there's been a rainstorm and there's nothing to light. You know, it's all <laughs> soaking wet. Yeah, I I don't know if we haven't decided if we're allowed to swear on this podcast or not, but I'm just going to do it. One of my early notes was how the fuck do these people know how to start a fire? <laughs> Well, you study it. I mean, there are people who <laughs> who I mean, especially on U.S. Survivor, because uh, the, the host and executive producer, Jeff Probst, has implemented fire making as a way to advance from the final four to the final three, uh -huh. which most of us hate. But uh, <laughs> the point is, you have to know how to make a fire. So people practice people order. Uh, fire making kits on Amazon. They practice in their backyard, in their bathtub, wherever they can. Okay. And so, and even without that, it's something you should know how to do so that, yeah, you can, you can survive. Uh, some people early on made fire using their glasses, using sticks. Now I've never seen anyone try to use, make a fire using sticks the way Calaton was trying just literally horizontally rubbing two sticks together yeah I, I i i have never seen that before i i mean normally when you're rubbing sticks you're trying to focus on a specific point yeah to heat up and they're like trying to heat up the whole uh, an entire log <laughs> yeah and well it's no wonder it wasn't working you know so yeah, at one point, one of them was like, um, it's warm. I yeah. thought that's just sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be friction, but it's not going to get beyond warm, you know. No. Um, so we've skipped around a little bit. But yes, uh, obviously, La, La Nena won. They, they, you know, they were behind on the raft, but then they managed to get their, you know, get a better fire. 
Uh, when they were sent. Oh, and also the other thing is, is you saw the loads and loads of fruit they had, like just tons and tons of banana. I suspect most of that's going to go bad in the tropical weather because they're not yeah. going to be able to eat like eight bananas or something like that a day each. And I, I think it's just, you know, in the tropical weather, you eat it or it's done. And so and you don't want to eat all the fruit out there or you'll I mean, it'll just go right through you, you know. So <laughs> uh, so. That, yeah, they, they weigh, uh, you know, they have to watch what they eat. I mean, they may be nice and full and strong now, but yeah, just be careful. Um, it was interesting to me how close the beaches seem to be, you know, as they're flipping back and forth. Yeah, I noticed um, that too. When they have these aerial shots, I thought, oh, right. they are very geographically close. Is there some sort of barrier to well, stop them from just wandering to the other beach by accident? That's what I wonder. I would have to think for these, for, for since they are so close, there probably is. I mean, they always have producers with them, so at some point the producer's going to be like, no, you can't go that way anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a, a few, one in particular that I can think of, maybe another one, where one tribe didn't know what was going on on an island they were like, oh, that looks like an interesting place to go hunt for limes or something like that. Let's go there. So they rode their boat over there and they didn't know that the other tribe was there. So they just they're walking along and they walk into their camp. But the other tribe's <laughs> like, um, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so, yeah, I, I would think with them being this close, they probably have, uh, you know, some sort of, you know, line drawn in there to prevent that from happening but who knows they may want to see if they do interact and find that amusing mm. um oh as we're moving along we meet uh lee the boxer <laughs> uh and David, also could you understand anything lee said <laughs> uh, a little bit yeah i've watched enough uh, uk television that you know i can uh usually pick it up pretty well uh, I, I mean i i i understood 95% of it, but I did think, I wonder if David will understand this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've been preparing for this my whole life. So, you know, <laughs> just watching all these different shows. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I was like, ooh, yeah, that is a that is an accent there. Um, and so this was one of those intro packages I was talking about that, you know, similar to Australian Survivor. And then we also met Pegleg, who is an older surf school operator uh and by older i mean like my age almost exactly <laughs> my age and uh you know in u.s survivor that's like ancient uh, but <laughs> you know he's he's hanging out with the rest of them here uh so like we mentioned they got fire quickly um but you know over at Calatin, things not so happy uh and we meet i think lawrence is yeah was, well, we meet Lawrence, who is studying AI ethics at Cambridge and loves horses. And so <laughs> I'm sure he's an early favorite of yours. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that. My, <laughs> I shouldn't say horrible, bad things. Maybe at some point I end up speaking to Lawrence on this podcast or something. Um, I, as soon as I saw Lawrence playing polo on a horse, I just thought I have nothing in common with this man. <laughs> Get him away from me. Uh, so not, not an instant fan. Maybe he'll win me over. Who knows? 
I I liked him. Uh, you know, just I, I thought he was funny in the show anyway. And so we'll we'll see how that changes. Um at the at camp, we have uh Nathan, a fitness instructor. Couldn't tell that by looking at him. Uh <laughs> says says that some aren't helping much. And, you know, <clears throat> cut to Richard. Uh and <laughs> uh, hint. Um uh, but he doesn't want to lead and tell people what to do. And then we see Shy doing exactly that, as Jess complains about him to us, and we just see a lot. And then we meet Shy, who uh, who analyzes risk in the financial industry, and he tells us that he has the social skills for this game. D- does he though? Does he really? Yeah, we don't we don't see lots of evidence of that in these two episodes. <laughs> uh, back at Lenena. Uh, Peg Leg is cooking dinner. They already have a decent-looking shelter. Now, one thing they did wrong, this is going to be a real nitpicky Survivor super-duper fan thing. They used full bamboo rather than cutting them lengthwise. And if you cut them lengthwise, the U-shape spreads out more so you don't have that poking into your back as much. Now, it's possible that they didn't want to mess with that yet. They just wanted to get something set up and they'll do that later. Or they just didn't know. But uh, meanwhile, at Calatin, they just gave up. I, I don't understand how they couldn't get it done under Shy's guidance. But uh, <laughs> they, they gave up and put some stuff on the ground, which they later regretted because they found out that they were dinner for a lot of things that live on and under the ground. Yes. See, more of this is why it's called Survivor for you. Yes, it starts to make sense. I mean, by the the beginning of day two, this is the point where I wrote, I would be quitting now. Um, <laughs> when we see them wake up and I see the bed, the bed and in inverted commas that they slept on and the fact that they'd been eaten by bugs overnight, I just wrote, bye-bye. <laughs> well, yeah, and also, you know, the, um, so, you know, the uh, buffs that they have, uh, yes. Now I'm showing you one on video. People can't see that, of course. But uh, those, when you sleep on Survivor, you have to cover your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth. And it's not your eyes and your ears so that you can sleep. It's so that things don't crawl inside while you are sleeping. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> there, Goodbye. There was a woman who a bug crawled into her ear and there was a whole segment on it on the show one time trying to figure out how to get this bug out because it had just anchored itself in her ear. And so, yeah. Uh, no, I <laughs> recently read an article about a woman in Australia who they, they found this parasite in her brain and it was the first time in any human being they'd, that usually this parasite is found in dogs or something and I've never been able to forget it. So oh. uh, that's that would be all I could think about in that, <laughs> in that scenario. <laughs> so that morning, of course, Lanena is partying. Galatan, not so much. Uh, it, Jess is already talking about not knowing it would be this hard. Now, I know you just said you'd quit, but it hasn't been 24 hours. And it's like, <laughs> you're, you're already talking about how hard it is? Come on. And then we meet her and find out she's a fittings model, which I have never heard of before. Me neither. Didn't okay. know it was a thing. Okay. Uh, so it looked like they put clothes on her and 
measure her. I I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm none the wiser. None yeah. the wiser. Um, so uh, the tribes get their first tree mail. Now, had you ever heard of tree mail before? <laughs> No, I, w- I was like, tree what? Tree? Oh, it's a fake letterbox tacked <laughs> to a tree. What is this? It's tree mail. And Joel later says, you know, in like, I, I don't remember if it was episode two or late in episode. I think it was episode two. He's like, oh, it sounds like email. I get it now. <laughs> so. And remember, you know, this started back in 2000 and they were calling it tree mail then. So it, oh, it's, they, it's, it's, they've always used that phrase. Yes. Then. Yes. Okay. Including when it's not on a tree. You know, sometimes it's it's like been elsewhere just because maybe trees <laughs> weren't around or they used something else. It was still tree mail. Okay. So, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it, yes, for anyone who's listening who may have found us here and, uh, you know, not really know, uh, it's where players get all their instructions in terms of when there's a challenge coming, what kind, whether it's reward or immunity, plus a clue about what it might entail. Um, now, a reward challenge is something like what happened in the marooning, uh, where, you know, one tribe gets a prize that will help them in the game, whether it's like food or comfort or relaxation. This one will be for immunity, which means they don't have to go to tribal council and vote someone out. And boom, they get to the first challenge, uh, immunity challenge. The winner will get the immunity idol. Now, you <laughs> mentioned before, yeah, you mentioned before <laughs> about the hidden immunity idol you hadn't heard of. Now, this immunity idol is a tribal idol. It's a representation of winning, and it doesn't really have any more significance other than that. Um, this one <laughs> looks like it was someone's kid's kindergarten art project. Yeah. Is the idol always um, a bit of wood with some gold bits glued on it? No. I mean, Survivor US has a whole huge art department where they design stuff like this. And they take, you know, great pride in their designs. Uh, and so, no, this was just like, I, I, yeah, I this got- was just so bad I, well, I mean you said bbc isn't known for their uh you know, their large budget. budget so uh, they were probably like eh, you know who cares what this thing looks like just... <laughs> let's make it look rustic yeah <laughs> yes so uh the first challenge is one that i have seen on uh previous different seasons i think most recently on australian survivor um, uh. each player has a weight to hold up but it's a tribe challenge because there will be individual challenges later where someone has a weight. Now, those weights will be scaled to their own body weight. Okay. These are not probably because it's a tribe challenge. Um, and so if someone can't hold it, they can hand it off to someone else on their tribe. And then eventually someone's going to drop and that tribe loses. Now, the banter from Joel is similar to what we've seen on other seasons, though I still think he is looser and more fun than than most. Uh on Kalaton, we lost Leilani pretty early. She handed off to the very muscular Nathan, who was clearly put next to her as strategy, because what we yeah. don't see is they have time to strategize and figure things out ahead of time. Um, so that was a smart move on their part. Uh, Lanena was really getting mouthy about how much they'd eaten and how Kalaton should just give up. It's it's not 
I mean, yeah, okay, yes, go team, yay. But you're going to have to be playing with these people later. They were treating it like a, I was going to say a soccer match, but I guess it's a football match. Yeah, um, you've answered one of my questions already, but I do have a new question. So I, I was going to ask, is this a regular challenge from Survivor? But you said you've seen it before. Yeah. And therefore... I'm guessing the same kind of challenges often come up throughout seasons. We see sort of like recurring things. Uh, yeah, I in the previews, I saw one challenge that has been around for ages. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, there, there'll be a combination. The, the, challenge, the immunity challenge in episode two that we'll get to here in a little while, it is, I mean, it's a variant on a theme, but it's not specifically something I've seen before. Okay. It's uh, on the Netflix show Physical 100. I don't know if you saw that. It's no. a sort of Korean reality competition show. It was really great fun. And one of the challenges right towards the end of that was very similar to this. The the, mm. the remaining contestants, yes, yeah, the same thing. They're, they're holding a, a clay model of their own bodies mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> on these ropes. Um, a, a little bit different because that's an individual game and it was right. just the last man standing wins. Uh, so I, I quite I quite like the way this worked actually. That because I assumed when it started, it would be who's the, who's the remaining person, uh, but actually it was I guess designed to be a little quicker than that. So it's just right. as soon as one drops, that team has lost instantly. Mm -hmm. And I like that they could pass to one another. I thought yes. that was quite a cool element of the gameplay. So I liked it. Um, but you, you said something a minute ago that made me think of something i hadn't realized do eventually are these tribes going to mix up and change yes so ah, so i, I don't know, know if there will be what we call a swap uh and so a swap is where literally you can randomly just be reassigned to the other tribe okay um sometimes those happen sometimes not uh but eventually yes there will be a merge at you know it's in theory about halfway through the game it's usually a little less than halfway and that's when it becomes all individual challenges okay so that's why antagonizing the other team is maybe not a great move <laughs> yeah yes yes okay um so uh in the challenge itself uh you know after about maybe a bit more than a half hour nathan even nathan was getting tired and handed off to shy for a little bit and then they swap back and forth to like give their hands the ability to you know rest a little bit rachel was out of calaton and handed off to richard and then richard handed off to matthew not both of them but they were also swapping um uh sabrina back on ladena handed off to lee and there were, you know, a few more of these swaps. Um, Sabrina was cheering them on annoyingly uh, from the bench after she bailed out. <laughs> yes. And several so players annoying. just wanted her to shut up. Uh, but yes. yeah, but they didn't uh, really say anything to. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? Yell over there? Shut up already. <laughs> uh, so and then finally, Richard can't hold on to the two weights and Lenena wins. Uh, so it looks like, you know, because of that, the initial target may be Leilani, the barista and cleaner. 
Uh, she's 45, which is unfortunately considered older on Survivor. She was first out of the challenge. And Richard is saying, yes, we have to keep the tribe strong. Now, this is something, you know, that I've talked about over the years. If if you're the guy or woman who caused the challenge to be lost, you should not be promoting the idea that you should keep the tribe strong. Because, yes, Leilani was out first, but you dropping is the image in everybody's heads. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Although I, I was still... And again, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I was surprised. I, I just assumed, oh, she left first. Yeah, she didn't lose the challenge because someone took over. But I just thought, oh, she is going to go. I just assumed she would mm -hmm. go. Uh, but I guess it doesn't work out that way. I suppose it frequently does. It, it very frequently does. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, in U.S. Survivor over the past couple of years, uh, women have gone first um, I, almost every time, every time, uh, you know, just because of the strength nature of things. Yeah. Uh, but I guess Richard, yeah, he technically lost it and he didn't, I, I guess what ends up happening is they're annoyed um, because he, he, dro he dropped both of the things that he was holding mm -hmm. without any kind of Note, you know, like he right. could, he could have tried to give a bit of warning or a heads up, and he just drops them without <laughs> without speaking, and it's done, and they couldn't have done anything about it. But yeah, and that's really what it is because I've gone back and rewatched that scene a couple of times, and you know, he gets past. I think it's I, I think it's Matthew next to him. I could be wrong, but he gets past. You know, the second one again as they're passing it back and forth, because uh, the other guy is like, "Oh, I can't do this anymore. I need to take it." But then, yeah, Richard just—he's kind of crouched down. Most of them are crouched down, and then he just kind of stands up and lets go, almost with a flourish. And it doesn't look like someone who. It just fell out of their hand. It looks like I'm done with this. Yeah. And if he had time to to do all of that, then at least according to Nathan, the fitness instructor, uh, you know, then he had time to try to hand it off again. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I there's probably something to that. I also think that Nathan wasn't real big fan of Richard from the start yeah and so nathan starts the ball rolling and that's that's the other thing is on survivor in the very first vote you've only known each other a few days if someone puts out a name and it's not your name most of the time people are just like sounds good to me yeah <laughs> uh, uh, and we even hear that when shy goes up to vote and he says, well, it sounds like the tribe has decided on you. Like He's not even taking any responsibility for this. He's just like, eh. and this is something we have encountered on the traders, uh, you know, in the early votes as well, sometimes in the not so early votes. But it's like once people start jumping on someone else, you just back off and you're like, OK. And, you know, Nathan, Nathan did that. So we kind of jumped over the whole tribal council part. So they they arrive at tribal council. They get their torches. They dip them in the fire. And they are told as long as they have fire, they're still in the game. But once it's snuffed out, so are they. But Joel missed one part of the, the saying. 
which I mentioned to you earlier, which is fire represents your life in the game. I even have a t-shirt right next to me that, that says, that from- <laughs> uh, before we uh, go ahead with uh, tribal council, I have to also just bring up something I noticed mm-hmm. 45 minutes into episode one, we have our first love you from one one player to another. <laughs> I, I checked the timestamp 45 minutes before someone tells someone else that they love them. They have just met each other. You don't love each other. Stop it. I mean, it's, it's three days in, man. It may be 45 <laughs> minutes for you, but it's three days for them. Okay, three days. Sure. Uh, it's Tanuki says it to Richard and I immediately clocked it and thought, Stop what you you just met him. Stop it. Yeah, that happens a lot. It's it's uh, trauma bonding on, on Survivor. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we we saw that on U.S. Survivor, too. So. um, So what did you think of the whole tribal council situation? Uh, so, I, I mean, I figured out pretty quickly oh, this is like, um, this is like banishment and traitors. This is like nominating in Big Brother. Well, in, in UK Big Brother anyway. Um, so I, I figured out what was going to happen. Although I was a little bit confused by something that one of the players says. So again, it's Tanuki. So the votes are secret. You walk over, you write down a name in secret, you fold it up, you put it in the little pot. But earlier... Tanuki said something that didn't make sense to me. She said, after telling Richard that she loved him, by the way, mm-hmm. she said <laughs> almost instantly, she didn't want to vote for Richard in case he didn't end up then leaving and it would be awkward for her. And I thought, why would it be awkward for you if he doesn't know you voted for him? So am I missing something? No, like, do- there. she was the one missing something. Okay, okay. Uh, several times people said this in both episode one and episode two. They're like, well, I don't want to vote for them because they'll come after me then. Well, it's like only if you or someone else tells them that you did that. And and the other thing is just make sure you have enough people voting for them that you don't have to worry about that then. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine. That confused me. And I I wondered maybe they themselves have misunderstood. Maybe they have been watching the traitors and they thought it was some (laughs) sort of open, yeah, hold up your name, tell us who you voted for and why. So yeah, I thought she, something wasn't quite right there. Yeah. Uh, It was interesting because I've, yeah, I haven't thought about that. It's uh, on the most recent uh, episode of us survivor. There was a whole weird situation on a previous tribal council and one person voted for this guy and they come back and he's like, how did I get a vote? Who voted for me? Did you vote for me? He said he didn't vote for me. Did you? You know, and, <laughs> and so he's trying to figure it out. And they're all just like uh, sitting there quietly like, no, nope, we didn't do it. It wasn't us. Uh, yeah. But no, normally it's just not an issue. OK, uh, and I have one or two more questions sure. about tribal council, but I will ask them after the, the second one. Oh, OK. So. Um, so, yeah, in the tribal council, of course, they discuss a number of different things. And like you noticed, they don't outright say who they're voting for uh, because that rarely happens. It's it's not like it's against the rules. People can say it and they have in, in the past, but it's okay. just the idea is to dance around it. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you dance around it so much that you're trying to hide what you're planning to do. You're avoiding answering questions. You're obfuscating everything, you know, just in case, you you know, you want to trick someone. Now, 
that will come into play more once these hidden immunity idols come into play. But right now, still, you, you don't necessarily want people to know because then they can, you know, try to counterattack. Um, also, much like the Traders Roundtable, Tribal Council far longer than we're seeing on TV. It's at least an hour, two hours, something like that, depending on, you know, who's there and how many of them. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, you know, we there's. Jess votes for shy, so clearly she's not involved in any discussions at all, because I think she's the only one. Uh, Richard votes for Leilani. And, you know, we only see a couple of votes ahead of time to keep the suspense. Uh, or if someone occasionally says something particularly clever or funny. <laughs> um, now, when Joel goes to get the votes, something you don't know, probably, he doesn't just bring them out in the order that they were written. He pre uh, That was my question. This yes. is what I was going to ask you. Yes. How? Yeah. OK. Yeah. So he and a uh, yeah, he and maybe a producer organize them for maximum um, maximum tension. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so then he brings them out uh, and it's Richard, Richard, Shy, Leilani, Richard, Richard, Richard. And the remaining votes were Richard or else, you know, but that by that point, they didn't need to say them. So we say goodbye to Richard, who I believe is your fellow Scott. I know it was one of the first things I noticed. I thought, "Oh, a Scottish voice," um, but uh, no more. Although, as the it's not until the second episode that I realised there are two other Scottish people as well. Hey. I just didn't hear them in episode one. <laughs> uh, but yes, poor Richard, off he goes. Um, I definitely, even from this first tribal council, could begin to understand why there's so much probably more as as the season goes on, why there will be so much kind of strategy and gameplay involved. Because the it seem the obvious thing it seems like you've to do is vote out who was the poorest in the the mission, the challenge. But of course, that's not really what you're gonna to have to end up doing at all. You're not mm -hmm. really gonna base your votes on who is the physical who's the strongest physically. Because now that I know there's all these other elements that actually right. you're gonna to have to vote based on all sorts of other alliances and um, who's just really annoying and also who do you not want to annoy and there, there's all mm -hmm. sorts of other things that are probably going to come into play so it's not as straightforward a vote as it seems i'm sure yeah and we'll see that more in episode two here uh, in a moment um now i will i do want to say and this is uh, nothing against richard but the picture of him that is on the bbc website he looks like <laughs> A criminal on Annika. I, I just, I the the jacket he's wearing, the the mugshot look on his face. Um, I'm look. <laughs> I can see it right now. Yeah, he doesn't look very happy. But no, that's, no, he does not. Do you know what? Scottish people sometimes we just are unhappy. Look, he's not used to that much sunlight and vitamin D. He's in shock. <laughs> he's on an island. He's never seen sunlight like this. I can relate to that. So <laughs> I, I get it. I get it, Richard. <laughs> um, so in his final words, this is something you'll sometimes see in Survivor. He suggested some people don't want to play the game against the strongest. <laughs> Richard, I'm sorry. You were not the strongest. And I'm not just talking about the fact that you dropped the weights. You know, people like to talk themselves up. Oh, they obviously got rid of me because I was a big threat. 
no, no, that's not the reason they got rid of you. And so, you know, there are other reasons, uh, you know, and like you said, alliances play the biggest role in it, or in this case, you know, more like who Nathan didn't like, uh, which will lead to alliances. Um, and so, yeah. And then, and then at the end of it, the tribe got their Flint, uh, which is the way it has typically been on Survivor until okay. what's called the new era, the 41 and up. And then you get Flint if you win it. And then if you lose an immunity challenge, you also lose your Flint. So it's like a double punishment. Okay. And you have no Flint until you win a challenge again, the immunity okay. challenge again. Yeah. So I... I also thought if I if I had stuck around, if I was still there, if Joel hadn't given me that flint, I would have set my clothes on fire with one of the torches and just taken that back to camp. <laughs> I would be like, I am not doing one more night without fire. Sorry. And that's, you know, that is actually, it's funny because that's a topic that we've been discussing on US Survivor because one tribe went like seven, eight days without fire. And yeah, you're not allowed to do that. I mean, like your your torches usually get left behind. It looks like you're walking with them and everything, but they're not really. Yeah. And <laughs> and they're not allowed to use them to start the fires. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whatever else it is, and you can't like light a stick in the fire that's at tribal council okay. and be like, oh, I'm going to bring this back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's rough. <laughs> Selling a little? or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So we can move on to the second episode unless you have any other questions about the first. Uh, no, me setting myself on fire was my last note. <laughs> okay. All right. So the second episode starts on day four. And Chai said that seeing his name at tribal council was scary. So he's planning to take a step back. Yeah, good idea. Um, uh, Nathan and Tanuke have this bond now and, and he takes credit for the vote. Uh, we're, we get his official intro package now, which, like we said, he's a fitness instructor. Um, at And of course, they do start their fire so they can actually make rice and beans. Uh, at Lenena, they're still cocky, singing, celebrating, except for Ashley, because she hurt her hand in that challenge and she's worried about it. And then there's Tremail. 
uh, there's a reward challenge. Now, before we go to the reward challenge, we meet Doug, who says Survivor is a lot like fishing. You have to be prepared and patient. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, so they go to the challenge, and this is when Lanena finds out Richard was voted out when Calaton walks in. So did you realize that's how they would know? And what do you think about the fact that they won't know, like, the whys of it, possibly until they just watch the show? Yeah, I, I had, it hadn't really occurred to me that they wouldn't know who had gone. So at that moment, uh, yeah, I was kind of discovering it for the first time. But I noticed they, they seemed, well, at least some of them were shocked. They were like, oh, my God, Richard's gone. And I thought, are you that? surprise it's not that shocking like he lost the challenge like it was either going to be him or leilani surely like mm -hmm. so, so why some of them are going oh, richard's gone like i thought it's not it's not a big shock come on um, yeah yes. i i think that they probably were expecting leilani um because he was holding up two for a while before he ended up dropping uh, but yes, the surprise sometimes, you know, you don't know what's going on at the other tribe. You have no idea. Yeah. And so it's always funny when there are the shocked faces of, oh, my gosh. Uh, and what's even funnier is when people start to, in their own heads, determine what they think is going on in other tribes. There was yeah. uh, a, a well-known U.S. Survivor season called Heroes versus Villains, and it was returning players. And the heroes... Uh, they determined that because of the voting order, they knew exactly what was going on on the villains tribe and that a women's alliance had taken control and they were voting out all the men. And it, it absolutely was not happening that way. It was just coincidence that, you know, the way things were happening. Yeah. But it was just really funny. And then there were other actions that occurred because of that, which were even funnier. But, yeah, you you know, I mean, they just they're just sitting around on an island all day. They, they have plenty of time <laughs> to come up with scenarios. Yeah. Um, As heroes and villains, uh, was uh, Sari on that season? Yes. Yes, she was. Ah, OK. Now, I know I know someone from Survivor. Yes. <laughs> that was mm -hmm. one of the seasons she was on. Okay. Um, she, was she on three or four? Oh, gosh. You're not supposed to quiz me like that. Uh, three or four. <laughs> yes. We're going to go with three or four. More, more than two. Four, I believe. Anyway. One, two. I think four. Oh, my gosh. Now my survivor credentials are going to, uh, <laughs> come, into, come into question here. Uh, but I, 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 I wasn't ready for a quiz. Um, but she's uh, unfortunately probably about to get booted from Big Brother. So, oh, no. Well, After 80 some 90 days, whatever. Um, but so anyway, for this challenge, uh, it's players to race down a slide. So slide down a slide and grab what he called a ball. Now, the funny thing was I saw on Twitter some other people saying, like, does ball mean something different <laughs> in the UK? Because that's not a ball. No, it was not. I, I called it like a rope ball, I guess. I, I don't know what else you would call it. Um, yeah, it was like a, a parcel, a package. Yeah, it was yeah. like all tied up. Yeah. Um, And they have to fight one on one to get that into their goal area. When I say fight, you know, we, we saw them, you know, it's physical there. And yeah, it's, it's really dangerous. Uh, yeah. This 
is also very much like I had one of the tasks on that show, Physical 100, almost the exact same thing, two people fighting over an object, a ball, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, this, this challenge is, is <laughs> it's dangerous and also why do they have to oil up and slide down a chute at the start? Why can't they just start in the sand? <laughs> I mean, the oiling up is clearly to get is more that viewers. Is the gr gratuitous part? I mean, but... there is there is a well-known, fairly well-known U.S. survivor moment where uh, a grave digger, very muscular guy, has to oil up to be on, you know, go. He's not sliding down. He's sliding horizontally. They run and then they like do a slip and slide. Yeah. Uh, and but yes, there is a very well-known <laughs> moment of him, him doing that. And so I think they were just trying to recreate that there. OK, uh, Fair so the the. Um, so they go down, you know, the first one, Christopher wins. OK, the next one, I don't know what what. Ren was doing. She like slid down on her butt like a little kid in, a <laughs> you know, instead of going head first, sliding down like Superman or something like that. So she had she had no chance there. Yeah. Uh, then we had Lawrence versus Hannah, which I was surprised to see man versus woman. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I guess they allowed it. And uh, Lawrence won. Uh, then we had Tanuke versus Rach and Rach won that one pretty easily. Uh, Shy versus Lee. Shy, here's why you had the slide. Shy, so the bag, ball, whatever, didn't make it very far out. And so it was on the slide. So those two had slid past it and then they had to run by. But of course, it's still oiled up. So Shy goes ready to get there and just goes down hard on the slide. <laughs> um, and then Lee, being Lee, like grabbed it ran to his goal and before putting it in taunted shy like yeah. this is even worse than the whole tribe taunting this is one-on-one -on -one taunting someone and it's like okay if you two are still together at the merge do you think he's gonna want to work with you because i'm thinking no yeah too much too much lee calm down i yeah i, I it stood out to me as well as, yeah. as a, a bit annoying yeah um, then, of course, we had Nathan versus Doug, and this was, you know, quite a lot of fighting. And I was sure Nathan was going to win it, but Doug had better yeah. technique and eventually got loose and won it for Lenena. Yeah, I was really amazed that Doug won or under Doug, as uh, Joel names yes. him. Uh, yeah. So nice nickname. Yeah, I was uh, I was really surprised that he he managed to beat Nathan here. Yeah. So. But then he is Scottish, so you know. Ah, ah, well, that <laughs> we're hardy, it. hardy yes. people. Um, and of course, now we know why we got the intro clip of Doug fishing just before the challenge because he gets to teach them all how to use the gear, and they head to the water. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, we get to see a little discussion of who might go if they lose later. Hannah tells Christopher that she's worried about Ashley's hand injury, uh, which leads Christopher to immediately run back and tell Ashley, Doug and Ren. So there's the beginnings of an alliance forming here. Yeah. Uh, day five, we get uh, at, at Calaton, we get a segment on how dirty and smelly they are. Now, <laughs> this is something that would never be on U.S. Survivor because it's assumed that you know that. The only time you hear about how bad they smell 
is when they used to have loved ones visits, which stopped with COVID and haven't restarted. And, you know, the fresh and clean loved one would come up and the the stinky survivor player would be like, oh, ignore how bad I smell. Um, <laughs> other than that, they really almost never talk about it. But I think it's, you know, I take it for granted. Longtime viewers take it for granted. But I think that it, I think it's to remind the new UK viewers. Yeah, I think so. That, that makes sense to me because again I, I i don't know how much is real here i i don't know like are they really given food though behind the scenes and do they all really have a shower and do I, I don't i don't know <laughs> to what extent they genuinely are on this island fending for themselves so yeah I, as a new audience member mm -hmm. i don't know the extent of the circumstances so yeah they they i think i think they're aiming at like you said earlier, they're right. aiming it at me, at, at people who don't know the show. Right, right. And someone is a in, in the camp. Someone is hacking a coconut with like a machete, yeah. and I'm quite terrified. Like that's <laughs> that's dangerous. That's, I'm, I'm I scared. mean, that's it's common, you know. That yeah, they just you know they hack away at those things, and uh, it's it's funny because when I uh, visited Hawaii with my family, and we went and we bought a coconut, and I was like, okay. I'm going to open this coconut, you know, and oh, it did not go well. My kids were making fun of me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't have a machete. I just had a knife, you know. But okay. yeah, I, I was, you know, trying to open it. I thought you were going to say, and that's the story of how I lost my finger. No, <laughs> I do have a friend who he was a Boy Scout leader and he had a machete and he was teaching his Boy Scouts. And this is why you're careful so you don't accidentally. And yes, he chopped off the top no of his fingers uh, oh that's joint that's yes. hideous yeah 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 the the waivers these contestants must have to sign oh yes not just the machetes but even even the challenge when they're they're rolling around and fighting like it's so physical there must be so much legal safeguards to you know that oh yeah these people aren't gonna sue and there must be so much medical you know assistance on set at any time because there's there's so much that could go wrong in this show Oh, yeah. And in Australian Survivor, it's even worse. I mean, Australian Survivor in like a very, very early challenge in you had to go over this kind of rolling barrel. Except, I mean, it was stationary, but it rolled and two players at the same time face planted directly into mud. One broke her collarbone and was out. <sighs> the other had huge bruises on his face and mm -hmm. And I mean, he had a scar months after the show was over still, and he got to come back mostly because he begged to come back. And uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, there have been injuries. There are uh, I don't know if they'll have them. There are blindfold challenges where they have to maneuver. You know, a caller tells people where to go on an obstacle course and inevitably there's there's the ball shots there. Um, one time a whole crate fell on someone's head. Uh, from from that uh there have been in these types of wrestling challenges in you know a very early episode someone you know dislocated their shoulder um mm -hmm. i mean so yeah they you know there can be injuries from this now u.s survivor has backed off a little bit on these one-on-one -on -one straight out combat uh things but australian survivor has not <laughs> <laughs> uh so, yeah scary stuff yeah um, 
Now, uh, going back to uh, the tribes at Lenena, Sabrina brings up Ashley's name to Doug and Pegleg and Lee, who all sort of agree. So she tries to form the basis of an alliance with them, and they all promise to let each other know if they hear their name. Uh, and then we get the Sabrina intro package. She is a 45-year-old ultra marathon runner. Uh, so, yeah, that's great if, if she's running long distances. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Pegleg doesn't have a great opinion of Rach, who he says moans and complains. We sh- see her upset about getting a fly in her eye. I talked about oh, yeah. a bug in the ear. There's the fly in the eye. Um, yeah, she says she has a phobia of things going in her eyes. And I, I sort of thought, I don't think anyone likes things going in yeah. their eyes. It's not just you. <laughs> It's not so much a phobia. It's just normal, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Lee says he's focused on performance. Rach says Sabrina annoys a lot of people and is very loud, uh, which is particularly funny because in her interview on the BBC website, she said she believed her social skills would help her immensely in the game, as well as her nurturing maternal side. She has been doing a very good job of hiding those from what we do. Um <laughs> And she also said her strategy coming in was to dull her personality and be silent. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Now I should mention, I don't think I mentioned this earlier. I think, you know, you and I have talked about it, but the normally the interviews are done pregame. Did I mention this earlier or not? I can't remember anymore. Uh, Not on the, nope. Just to me, but not on the podcast. And so they talk about, like, this is how I plan to play. And then you can compare it. For some reason, the BBC did these interviews post-game. So all these people are looking back with some 2020 hindsight. I mean, obviously, Sabrina's hindsight is not 2020. But uh, even so, when you look at these interviews, some of them are like, how did you think you would do in terms of uh, surviving on no food? And Richards was like, oh, I did great. Yeah, you were only there for three days. You know? <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, that's quite strange just in general for any reality TV mm-hmm. show. They always, when they do interviews or confessionals, they always ask them, you know, like, speak in present tense. Right. Talk like it's happening right now or about to happen. So, yeah, it's, it's very weird to hear that. Yeah. I mean, these were put out as pre-game but they're post-game really so it's it's yeah. definitely weird um so i'm not really looking at them until each person gets voted out because mm-hmm. i'm afraid there could be spoilery things in there that they accidentally yeah. say um so we move to the next challenge the immunity challenge and this is one i haven't you know quite seen before um And it's the type I prefer where there's several different elements as opposed to just like standing there holding a weight. There's rowing, swimming, untying knots, lots of untying knots on Survivor, Um, working as a team. And so Ashley has to sit out to even up the tribes uh, due to her hand, because I guess she may have been told by medical, you can't get it wet. They don't really say there's a couple other things that suggest that, but they make it sound like it's a decision. Yeah. Um, and so they, you know, they go in, they row, uh, Sabrina and Rach go to untie knots and they can't do it. They're, they're terrible. And they fall behind so badly that Sabrina, who says, never quit, 
quits. Um, and she swaps out, and then Rach does too. And then, you know, a couple of the guys go in there, and they, they finish up. So uh, Calaton is more than halfway up their tower of stacking logs. Now, I have this is this is another thing I've never seen before is actually stacking logs like this. So I thought it was really interesting. I also think the way Lenena does it at the end is good, although it didn't work the first time and almost put them back tied with Calaton by, you know, by knocking down logs. But uh, eventually Calaton wins immunity now. Problem here is that this result was spoiled by the previews of episode one. You wouldn't have noticed it, but they showed they said what happens in, you know, who goes to tribal council? And they showed a clip of people dipping their torches in the fire. The only time you dip your torch in the fire is your first time at tribal council. Ah, okay. okay. So by having that clip in the episode in the at the end of episode one, I knew who was going to tribal council. Okay. In episode two, I see. Like, this is thanks, why. Thanks, guys. In, ge- in general, I just never watch the uh, uh, for any reality show, any competition mm-hmm. show. When they show you these little clips of what's going to happen next week, I just and I know they're des- they're supposed to be designed not to spoil anything, mm-hmm. but I think things slip through, and I just don't want to see because I know I, I probably when I'm watching the next episode. I right. will have little memories of, wait a minute, I saw this in the preview. So I just yeah. don't watch them. Uh, I, I don't need to watch them. Yeah. And actually, I was uh, warned to avoid the um, first, the opening of episode one. Started oh, as was a I. Preview stuff. And I was warned, don't look at that too closely. So I didn't. I mean, I watched it, but I was warned because uh, apparently there's some spoilery stuff in there as well. Yeah, I had the same thing i i think i saw it on twitter or something mm-hmm. someone saying the exact same thing so i also just skipped the sort of this yeah. season and survivor montage right. I, I just i just thought i don't need it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh getting back to this lenena gets back to camp sabrina apologizes for herself and for rach although rach didn't <laughs> ask her to apologize yes for her yes and, i loved it i she says i apologize that rachel and i as yeah. a pair weren't yeah. able to untie all the notes so sneaky yeah and she even told us that she was you know i don't want to go down alone i'm trying to drag rach down too it's like yeah <laughs> could you have been more transparent about that um i guess in honor of matthew perry i should say could you have been more transparent with that <laughs> yeah yeah um so. I, but the thing is though although that was sort of ridiculous of sabrina rachel then says something and i thought well wait a minute hold on she says uh she's talking to to the camera or she's giving an interview and she says sabrina only cares about herself all she wants is to get to the end and i thought well yeah. <laughs> of, Thank of you. Oh, I'm of, so glad you picked up on that because yeah, thought, yes, of, that is of course she of, wants to get to the end. That's yes, what everyone I, wants, is it not? I, yeah. I, I one thing I have is what she says that annoys me and that exact quote. Because <laughs> yes, that is the way this game works. You cannot split the money. It is not your whole tribe. It is a hundred thousand pounds to one person. 
And so, yes, I, uh, I'm so glad you picked up on that because that is one <laughs> of my biggest pet peeves on these reality shows. U.S. Big Brother has been, uh, people have been saying it on there this whole season too, you know, like, oh, they're not a team player. Yeah, that's because you're not a team. Uh, yeah. You know, and more in Survivor where you're broken up into tribes, there is that encouragement of get the tribe further. But even in the tribe phase, you have to look out for yourself. You have to look out for number one. And so sometimes Jeff Probst will say that on U.S. Survivor. He'll be like, so have we gotten to the point yet? This is in tribal council where you're thinking about yourself as an individual as opposed to a tribe. Like, no, Jeff, they should always be thinking that way. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I guess you you act like you right. are a team player but you're you're tr everyone's true motivation is surely the same thing so to to be annoyed at someone for mm -hmm. only wanting to get to the end is a little bit silly i think yes yes um now also then rach talks to ashley and doug about how to turn things on sabrina uh, ashley brings up their prior discussions with the three of them and ren and christopher and doug agrees and so if they all stay true, well, that's five, and that's good enough to get rid of Sabrina. But Doug tells us he's not sure. And this, again, the same thing we were talking about. He's like, well, if she stays and he votes for her, he, he she could turn people uh, against him. Okay, then get all five of your people to vote against her, and you won't have to worry about that. Um, and if that doesn't work, lie. <laughs> Uh, Ren herself is worried about Ashley's hand. And I, it's interesting because I noticed that Ashley is a bit pushy about things when she talks to them. Like she's she's clearly worried and she's getting a bit pushy and oh, stop it. You're you're going to hurt your own cause there. So Doug is apparently the swing vote. He has to go back to the other group and either keep up appearances or get, you know, together with them. Uh, and he tells Sabrina she's the target. Now, as we head to tribal council, I still expect Sabrina to go. Um, I, I just felt like Doug was more comfortable talking with the first group. Yeah. And yeah, so like when, when they asked him, when the second group said, who are you voting? Who did you tell them you were voting for? He was like, oh, I didn't answer. You know, so he's lying to one group. That's yeah. that's never a good sign. Um, And then when Sabrina started talking at tribal council, I really wanted her to go uh, because... <laughs> She was talking about, you know, I came to play with honesty and integrity. And it's like, oh, just stop it. Those have very little to do with this game unless you are using them to fool people. Those are the only times. Now, she was a little bit, but I don't know, like when she was trying to drag Rachel down, what was honest and, you know, what did integrity have to do with any of that? It seemed hypocritical. If she had told us, I am purposely pretending to be, you know, this way. Great. That's what I like. I have a shirt that I helped create that says on the front, honesty, integrity, loyalty. And on the back, it says scheme and plot because you scheme and plot behind people's backs. Yes. Uh, I realize that on the, for the sake of the podcast, this won't mean much to listeners, but David, I'm going to paste to you in the chat my notes for this section. My notes uh -oh. were, I quoted Sabrina 
And I wrote, I made a promise I was going to play with honesty and integrity. <laughs> ding, ding, ding on the David Raider. <laughs> I, I, knew that, I knew this bit would annoy you when I was watching. And I was right. You were right. Yes. Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> huh, that suggests I may have talked about that before once or <laughs> twice or a hundred times. Um, so then she basically goes straight after Ashley. Uh, but she also says you have to surround yourselves with people who, you know, will give 100 percent in every challenge. But as Ashley pointed out earlier, the reason she hurt herself was giving 100 percent. So Sabrina should theoretically be applauding her, not targeting her. And then yeah. Ashley made the same comparison I was going to saying if a player gets injured on a sports team, you don't just chuck them out. And in fact, that's why there are. You know, I mean, like for contracts, playing American football, baseball, whatever, you want them to try their hardest. So they still get paid, even if, you know, if, if I mean, even if they injure themselves in the first play of the first game of the season, they still get paid whatever their guaranteed salary was. There's other, you know, bits and pieces, of course. But uh, but the other thing is, you know, she says you don't just chuck them out. Well, sometimes you do, uh, you know, and eventually that person, if they're repeatedly injured or something, they get chucked out. But, yeah, not on the first the first vote here. Now, Lee brought up Rach for the swimming and not untying. And it was really weird because he made excuses for Sabrina giving up quicker. He was like, well, because she gave up quicker, that allowed someone else to get in there. So it's like. I don't understand. On the one hand, you're supposed to give 100%, but on the other hand, you're supposed to just give up quicker. Yeah, it's a little bit contradictory. And uh, there's also this sort of weird interaction between Rachel and maybe maybe it's Peg. Is it Pegleg? Is that who's talking? That was Lee. Oh, Lee, sorry. Between Rachel and Lee... Uh, yes. About who? About whether or not she volunteered yes. to be a swimmer, and she says this thing that makes no sense to me. She says, he, "I think he says, well, you asked to be a swimmer,' and she says, "I didn't ask to be a swimmer. I volunteered." <laughs> and yes. I just wrote, "Huh? Like, why is I mean, that different?" She was, and she's drawing. going, "No, I, I said I wouldn't mind being a swimmer. That that's not the same thing as saying I wanted to swim." And I thought, "Come on, like we're." get get let's get real splitting hairs i mean i yeah. understand what she was saying but it was a very very fine hair to split you know yeah, it's like I, thought... I didn't come out and say put me in i want to do it i said well if no one else wants to i will <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> i don't know maybe sabrina specifically had said i want to do it and that's the point that she was trying to get at I guess, we just and I, I, I imagine Sabrina probably did say that. So yeah, yeah, because she probably was like, "I'm a ultra marathoner. I can hold my breath for long times," you know. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, but you know, so then okay, we we move on and we get to the votes. And Pegleg votes Rach. Hannah votes Ashley. And immediately I know that Sabrina is going because it meant that that group was not really an alliance. And there was a split in there. Yeah. And I, I wondered about that when earlier we saw a, a clip of Pegleg talking about Rach. So Joel reads the votes. Uh, Sabrina, Sabrina, Ashley, Ashley, Rach, Rach, Sabrina, Sabrina. And then there was another one we didn't see for Sabrina. So the anti-Sabrina alliance did hold together, as I thought. 
And so it wouldn't have mattered whether or not the other group voted as a unit. But they were really dumb not to. They had zero chance of getting their way, splitting the votes the way they did. It's clear they're not really an alliance. They truly were what they had talked about, which is, I'll let you know if someone is coming for you. And they didn't organize their own votes, which, you know, we were talking earlier about who who were the people who probably knew Survivor coming in and who didn't. I would say most of the people in the actual alliance know Survivor coming in and the people who threw their votes in different directions probably did not. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Uh, and I like you. I, I assumed that Sabrina would go... But because of the, I guess, the editing, the way that they, I think they deliberately tried to make us think for a moment maybe she wasn't going to go. But yes. then the vote, the vote comes out and I thought, oh, no, it's just exactly what I thought would happen. But they, yes. they tried to swerve us away from that there's, by selecting certain clips, but no. Yeah, there's always this suspense element that they want built in. It got yeah. bad in Survivor, US Survivor, the past few years where... Literally, you would have no idea which way it was going because they they select and it was like, look, no one is you don't have to keep the suspense up that much. No one is turning the channel, you know, just because, <laughs> you know, we don't know who's or we know who's going to go now with in U.S. Survivor. They're now hour and a half episodes, which that's with commercials. So it's you know closer to basically the length of the, the U.K. version here, yeah. but they get they have more time to put things in. So it's more obvious or at least the explanation. I won't say it's obvious going, but it's the explanation is there. So you're not scratching your head. Like what just happened here, which as someone who normally does a podcast called why blank lost, you know, I didn't mind that they, they hid who it was because then people had to listen to find out. Uh, <laughs> but now I just have more material to use to, to explain it. Uh, but yeah, they will always use misleading clips to try to, to do it and they do things like you know when they do their confessionals the producer will ask them questions now we of course almost never see the producer asking the question but they'll go through the different things like why would you vote for rach and then the person will say well i would vote for rach because of this why would you vote for ashley well i would vote for ashley because of this and so they have all the clips of them saying why they would vote for a certain person no matter which way they want to show it yeah yeah. Um, but in this case, like Pegleg did say he was annoyed with Rach and he voted Rach. So it was, I think, fairly you know, straightforward at the end because uh, yeah. Lee also had said something similar. Um, now, I did mention uh, Sabrina's BBC interview earlier. And. Uh, so uh, another question that was asked was what she learned from being on the show. And she said, and again, this is a post you know, thing that you wouldn't normally get. She said to never, ever change herself or dull her shine to make others feel comfortable being around her and in order for her to fit in. Which is exactly the opposite lesson she should have learned in terms of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this funny thing that I notice uh, contestants in these shows doing an awful lot. Um, it happens quite often on, uh, and some versions of the traitors like Australian uh, and Canada, when on social media, they will show you clips of the banished or the mm -hmm. new, the murdered person on the car ride home. And they'll ask them, 
would you change anything about your game? And so ma- so many of them go, I don't regret anything. I wouldn't oh, change anything. And I think, you just lost. Why are you saying you think you played a good game and you wouldn't change anything? Like, don't, no, you're supposed to say, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm an idiot and here's why I lost. This is what <laughs> I would have taken. What's the point in saying, I don't regret anything about my gameplay. So yeah, same thing here. Yeah, see, this is this is why we're good podcasting together, because, uh, you know, it's the same for me. I, it is a pet peeve forever that I have had of of saying that. And that's why I enjoyed when I interviewed uh, Melissa B, a little cross promotion here of the, uh, you know, of uh, the Traders Canada. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I could tell you all the different things I did wrong, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so unless, that was- unless you're aim was not to win unless you right. you truly were like do you know what i didn't care if i won i just wanted to have fun and amazing experience mm-hmm. so i don't care that i'm out but right. I, I don't and i can't imagine that applies to many players who go yeah. through the entire casting process to get on a show like this to then not desperately want to win and be mad at themselves that they right. didn't win yeah so all right so then I mean, that wraps things up for the second episode. Uh, It was interesting as we watched. I think Joel has most of the typical survivor sayings down pat. You'll you'll get to know them as we go along. They were immediately familiar to me. Um, Do you have any questions that we haven't gotten to yet? Uh, I have a question about the vote reveals at Mm -hmm. Tribal Council. Is it a normal part of the format? To only, you know, when 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 the players go up and write down the name of the person they're voting for, and they hold it mm-hmm. up and they whisper, <laughs> stage whisper about why they're voting, we only see well in these two episodes, we we only see some of the players. Some mm-hmm. of them, it's a secret. Does that always happen? That, yes. that they pick and choose who they're going to show. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. It's only if they make like a funny comment that. Yeah. Uh, right. um, now they show them at the end. You know, at the end of the episode, you sh- you you know, if you watch long enough, you see all of the votes okay. held up. You just don't hear what they're saying. Uh, yeah. They used yeah. to provide clips on U.S. Survivor afterwards showing what everybody said. They stopped doing that. Okay. Um, and now it's just you know you again you you see them holding it up. Uh, so anything else you, I had one more question, but you really answered it. I also wondered how constructed the vote reveal is because I, th- mm-hmm. I thought, is Joel really pulling out these random pieces no. of paper? <laughs> Surely not. So yeah, I imagine produ- producers take it away. They, yeah. fi- they figure out just again, like in traitors, when mm-hmm. they decide how to reveal the votes around the round table, they'll figure out what's the most exciting way to reveal these to to keep the suspense going as long as possible so yeah i, I sort of guessed it wasn't it was a, it was constructed to the way jewel right. revealed right exactly all right well what about do you have any uh early favorites or uh, people you don't love a whole lot on the show <laughs> the jury's out on lawrence he he uh, I, I i need to see i i can understand he's probably going to say some quite funny stuff mm-hmm. um but uh, I, I, I'm very biased here. I'll admit it. I, I'm rooting for Doug, mm-hmm. fellow Scott. Um, uh, so, and he, he's just someone that I, by the end of the second episode, I could remember who he was. Like, I still don't know everybody's names. Right. But Doug, I knew who he was probably because Joel gave him his nickname, the Underdog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> other than that, I, I did, I don't know anyone 
I actually peg like I like I, I kind of like him because again in some ways maybe he's he's a bit of an underdog because compared to the average mm-hmm. age he's a little bit older so right. that just sort of instantly makes me want to see him do well um other than that i i need more time i think to get to know them what about you okay i mean i i like doug also not because he's a scott just because i like i mean i like the fact that he was playing the game you know he was in between the groups he you know seems yeah. like a a, a a good guy i do like lawrence i find him amusing uh <laughs> we'll we'll see if that continues i like pegleg as a person as a game player not so much because as we saw you know i mean he couldn't accomplish what he wanted to accomplish there i am uh, not particularly fond of lee for reasons that we already discussed like taunting shy uh and just in general his attitude seems to be more of this is a physical competition uh and i want to i'm used to getting my way type of thing yeah yeah uh nathan i'm still I'm on, you know, I I could go either way with Nathan because he did make the good strategic move in getting things uh, early against Richard. But on the other hand, he also seems to be a muscles are everything type of guy. So we'll have to see how that goes. He can he can change my mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there we have it. The first two episodes of Survivor UK. Uh, We will be back every week, as we mentioned. So we're doing, in case it wasn't clear already, one episode or one episode of the podcast for two episodes of the TV show. And uh, so for people who want to uh, get in touch with us, let me uh, give you my information and then Matthew will give the, the general information. So I'm all over social media and reality TV podcasting. Uh, As I've mentioned, I podcast about both Survivor and Big Brother on the Rob Has a Podcast Network, with the name of the show being Why Blank Lost. And of course, I'm podcasting The Traders Canada right here. So make sure to subscribe here to get all of that. And of course, as I mentioned, I recently interviewed the trader, Melissa B. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, She's great. You can also find my various contact accounts on my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the EE in Linktree. Or you can find me at most text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky as at David Bloomberg. On video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram as at David Bloomberg TV. And Threads is also at David Bloomberg TV because it's connected to Instagram. Now, speaking of those video platforms, I post about three or four reality TV short videos on all those sites every day, uh, including what I mentioned earlier, the mini Y-blank losts will go there Uh, Probably before this podcast is even published, I will have Why Richard Lost uh, out there so you can go and and see, you know, the official answer. Uh, Of course, we gave a lot of detail here, so you you could probably figure it out. But still go look at the official answer and uh, follow me there. And I also do Traders Canada there, U.S. Survivor, U.S. Big Brother, House of Villains, you name it. And as the name of this podcast probably suggests, The Trader is generally devoted to The Traitors. So uh, as well as David's covering The Traitors Canada right now, uh, if you go back to old episodes, uh, The Trader has covered Traitors US, Traitors UK, both seasons of Traitors Australia. And I will be covering the forthcoming season of The Traitors UK on its way very soon. Uh, Most recently, I have been interviewing some 
some of the contestants from Traitors Australia Season 2, including just uh, this morning or yesterday, I think I uploaded an interview with Blake. Now, Blake, I know spoilers, Blake is a very important player in Traitors Australia Season 2. And he gave his first podcast interview to the trader. He hasn't really done any other press or podcast interviews at all. So a lot of people have been really excited to hear that. You can find uh, the trader on social media on Instagram at the trader podcast or on X at the trader pod. Or you can get in touch about the traders or about Survivor UK by emailing me at uh, what's the email address? The Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. There we go. That's email, not tree mail. Yes. Not tree mail. <laughs> yes. Uh, but if, if you would, uh, you know, uh, also, if uh, if you'd like to help Matthew here in uh, supporting the publishing of this podcast and all the other podcasts, uh, you could drop him a, a, a few bucks into uh, his his. Uh, I was trying to think of a oh yeah I have a link tree I could have a link tree now but anyway sorry <laughs> tangent um you know uh you can go to uh, the the buy me a coffee uh basically website at ko-fi.com/matthewkeely so you know if you're enjoying it throw them a couple bucks and uh I don't know Matthew do you have anything else no, I we're we're all good for now. I think we've covered everything, and I'm excited to keep going now. I want to see what happens next. I want all to right. get into the next uh, few episodes. All right. Well, we will be back here in one week, so you can you can find us on for this podcast. I will, of course, be on the Tradar sooner than that and elsewhere as well. So we will see you everywhere. Bye. 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 Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.